Playoff time. Yes, playoff time. It's a new year, bets. And you know what? I think we got some good stuff to talk about this week. How you feeling, man? I like this slate a lot, man. I mean, wildcard weekend is by far the best weekend in DFS. I mean, all games are, are shown in isolation, so you get to watch every single play of every player. You sweat it out in every game, so it's a ton of fun. Uh, but we were talking today before we recorded, and we were both like, man, I like this slate a lot. So I'm excited to kind of break it down here for the listeners and get into it and uh, hopefully start the year off right after what I think was a pretty successful week 17. So let's keep it rolling here in the new year. Yeah, no, I'm excited to kind of dive into six games. It's going to be awesome. And we're recording this on Thursday. um, And I know it's a sobering time for a lot of us. I don't want to get too much um, into that, but I do think it's worth us saying that apart from DFS, apart from fantasy football, part of what we get to be part of the footballers, um, it's just a sobering time uh, and, and a time yesterday, Betts and I texted a little bit, but, um, just as a, as a human being, uh, just to get to see what went on yesterday. So Betts, any quick thoughts you want to have before that? I know we're not a political show, but I think it's worth at least saying before we move any further. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I do a couple other podcasts as well in football and, I was supposed to record one last night. I just like it, you know, how could you like it didn't feel right with what's going on. So we don't want to be insensitive by kind of ignoring that and like just talking football like everything's fine. But we understand that there is an escape for people out there that enjoy this, that need to get away from the craziness of life right now. So hopefully we can be that for you guys. But we don't want to be insensitive to that. And we we definitely share a lot of the similar feelings that a lot of our listeners have out there for sure. So, yeah, it's it's been a crazy week, but um like i said hopefully this weekend we kind of get just a little bit of i guess distraction or whatever word you want to use from just craziness man craziness right now in in our country so yeah yeah i really respect just in some of our slack chat with the the footballers like there's so much that can be said and there's so much through social media but just as people just getting to listen and to uh really slow down at the beginning of the year um, yeah, I'm just grateful that we have a community of people that are willing to listen because um, a, a lot of people aren't out there. So let's go back to week 17 bets. And man, was it a high scoring week? I mean, if I mean, I had a lineup I, I told you about that was in a tournament. I hit like 210. I hit 210 and I didn't cash in that, um, which is just insane. But give me your thoughts about last week because uh, scoring was off the charts. It was honestly nuts. If you didn't have like at least two fifteen to two twenty, I mean you I mean you look at your lineup and you're like, sweet, I got 190 points this week, but it didn't matter. It was just crazy. Like all the chalk hit, a lot of uh kind of the guys that were getting buzz as far as like GPP plays hit. So it was just one of those weeks and that happens what feels like maybe two or three times a year in DFS where everything just works out the way it's supposed to. So with that being said, we know this week everything we think is going to happen probably won't, and that's just kind of the way the game goes. But yeah, week seventeen was a ton of fun. I, I don't know; it just kind of feels like a video game when all those scores are going up, and it's just like holy crap! Like two fifty this week—that's insane. Uh, and most weeks you take down the milli with that, and this week you get uh, a win and a head-to-head. So that's kind of where we're at in week seventeen. Yeah, my cash game lineup—I uh, was sweating it the whole time. So I, in tournaments, I had some super high scores, but I didn't didn't cash there. But it, in cash, I had Derrick Henry, I had Kirk Cousins, I had Justin Jefferson. I mean, I had some awesome plays, and it wasn't until the very end when Jerry Judy hit that 90-yard bomb did I finally cash in. So, yeah, if, if Week 17 was unkind to you, if you're like, what what was wrong? It's likely that you just ran into a couple of buzzsaws if you didn't roster Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it just that That's what happens. So um, we're here to talk about playoff DFS, which... Man, it, it's just, it's a different animal because when we look at these teams, which we'll get into for a second, I mean, they got here for a reason and the defenses this year, the defenses this year are out of control. Good, especially against the run. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people talk about playoff football and say, you just got to establish the run, you know, the hard nosed football, like it's going to be really hard this year, 
for uh, what I would say running backs to be able to have a ton of success. So we'll talk about some of those matchups, but if you want all of our picks, you can get those still in the DFS pass. We're still giving that away uh, for a super cheap price that you can make back in one week. And if you want to use the promo code DFS pod, you can get, you can save a little bit more cash. Uh, I, I have in our notes still, we are still insane for giving this away. I know a lot of people, I've moved on. They finished their their regular season, but we're still going bets. So what do you want to tell the people about playoff DFS pass? Yeah, this is the this is like the second season of football. I mean, it's one weeks one through sixteen. Week seventeen, if you don't play, that's fine. But playoff DFS, I mean, you have to you gotta get into man. It's so much fun. And then we get it again next week. We'll probably do this again for uh championship week. We'll see about the Super Bowl. But yeah, just so much fun with these games kind of on primetime TV. So very, very cheap price. I mean, Kyle guarantees your money back or or he'll pay for it. So he said that on the pod. So just send him a Venmo request and he'll he'll hook you up. Yeah, your your check, your um your money order will be in the mail. So yeah, it'll be coming. But think about it this way. Everybody loves Thanksgiving DFS. I mean, that's just one of the best, the high marks of the year. Think of it this way, like you're getting kind of double that this weekend. So I, I there's just so much that I think we can uh look at with playoff DFS and super fun. So yeah, if you want all of our picks, you want Vegas report, wide receiver matchups, all of those things, you can find that in the DFS pass. So bets, let's talk about that main slate. State of the main slate. So we have six games that we are working through and depending on what site you play on DraftKings, FanDuel, they have actually set them up also where you can play the Saturday slate of three games and you can play the Sunday slate of three games. So that's totally, totally doable. We are going to talk about these six games as a whole. Um, and if you're playing in those contests, but um, Betts also has a write-up where he's talking about if you're playing the Saturday slate only, uh, you can check that out. That'll be out Friday morning. So Betts, what's your overarching thoughts on how to approach this? How does it change our strategy? Yeah, it sort of depends on on which slate you're playing. Like if you're playing just the three game slate, then obviously your selection of players in the player pool is going to be smaller than if you're playing the six. That's the obvious. But we were talking too just before we started uh, recording that games scenarios like this offer DFS players a chance to use a late swap to their advantage. And a lot of people don't use late swap as much as maybe they should be. And if you're playing in the three game slate. You can kind of look and see, okay, what happens in the first and second game? Did I have a lot of those guys or not? And did those chalk pieces hit? And we'll kind of identify those for you guys here. But did they hit? And if they did, great. Then you kind of have some leverage on the field um, to be able to switch later in, in the lineup or vice versa. So you can do that on just the three-game slate or the six-game slate too. I mean, you're just going to have so much information going into Sunday from the Saturday games that you'll know, oh man, Josh Allen actually did go off for a crazy game with Steph Diggs. That was chalk and I didn't play it. So I need to get weird elsewhere to try to make up for that loss, basically. So you'll have just so much information. So I would encourage people playing in tournaments, especially to utilize late swap if they can, um, because it will provide a lot of leverage on the field. A lot of people don't do it when they they really should be. I heard you say, let's get weird. Let's get weird, man. Let's get weird on this show. (laughs) (laughs) No, it, it really is. I mean, I think you can get really too cute on this we're like really searching for that wide receiver that you know is sub 4k that gets a touchdown you can go that route um at running backs i mentioned earlier that these defenses are really good i'm i think we have the top five defenses in run dvoa all playing this week uh which is just nuts so you really have to pay attention to uh, the roster percentage game and ask yourself if you're playing in a tournament what are some leverage spots? But you can't just go all you know over the moon. You need to really say what is good chalk and what is bad chalk. And so we'll talk about some of our favorite cash game plays as we move through this. But let's talk about this first game on Saturday at 1 p.m. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're nine and a half point road favorites, which is crazy in the playoffs to say that somebody is in the first round a nine and a half point road favorite at the football team who just have an 18 and a half point team implied total this game has a 45 and a half total my question that i want to start off with bets is can the football team win this game they would have to really make tom uncomfortable to make that happen now can they do that yes their pass rush is fantastic and we've seen tom really struggle when he's under pressure now with that being said i don't see a scenario where that does happen just because 
we seen the football team, man, and with Alex Smith playing at less than hundred percent, um, it's it's so fantastic that he's in the playoffs. Like I I want them to pull off the upset, but he's not mobile in the pocket right now with his calf issue and the the surgeries on the leg and that sort of thing. And this Tampa front is good. They can't really move the ball explosively down the field for Washington. So like I just picture a scenario where Tampa comes out and they kind of do their thing. Washington comes out and they kind of like dink and dunk their way and stay competitive. But I don't know that I see them actually winning the game in this contest. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say the Bucks pull this one out. Yeah, it's it's just kind of hard when you look at the Washington side to see like where are these points coming from to be able to, to keep up with the Bucks. Like Washington's defense is 13th in run DVOA and second in pass DVOA. So there is a pass where their defense uh, actually comes through. And I think Washington's defense is a great GPP play if you think they get after Brady. Um, there's a massive difference between his QBR uh, from a clean pop pocket to under pressure. So there is a path there, but the buck side is what honestly we want to use. So for me, I think one of the most different ways that you can get from the crowd is Ronald Jones on DraftKings. He's 5,500. You know, this team's nine and a half point favorites. He's seeing 17 opportunities per game. So I think when you look at when we talk through all these running backs, Ronald Jones is probably going to end up being the fifth, sixth, seventh highest rostered running back. And so that's how you create leverage. You're going to fade one of the guys at the top, like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor. You know, maybe you're saying, I don't want to go that route and go with Ronald Jones and just hope he falls in the end zone. Hope for the positive game script. Like I'm totally for that in tournaments. I don't trust him ever in cash. I don't think I've ever played Ronald Jones in cash. But that's, I think, how you can get different on the Tampa Bay side. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like that call a lot. I think Rojo is a great play this week. And, you know, our listeners that know me well enough know that I don't say those words often (laughs) in public um, because I've just been burned so many times. But the reality is his splits when the Bucs win versus lose, it's very obvious. Like he's a very game script dependent running back. When they win, he's getting 17 touches per game this season. When they lose, he's getting 13 they're almost 10-point favorites in this one, so presumably they're going to be winning this matchup. I think it's a great call to definitely get some leverage, like you said, on those really obvious plays like Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. So definitely uh, a big fan of that one. What are your thoughts on the passing game here? Because I feel like there's been some buzz that I've seen out there for Tom Brady um, in this matchup. A lot of it's narrative-based, given that <laughs> Chase Young called him out after the win against the Eagles, <laughs> which don't do that. Um, but what do you think about Tom Brady in this spot? I feel like it's a good Washington defense. We've seen him struggle with pressure. Are you going with a, a Tom Brady stack at all this week in, in GPPs? Yeah, he's just a GPP guy. I think we mentioned before, whenever we've talked about the Bucks, that it's so hard to pick the correct wide receiver that week. And last week, if the answer was Godwin and Brown, uh, you know, so th- you're just going to have to pick and choose. And I hate burning through lineups. If you're, you know, playing in tournament, you're like, all right, What's the right combination? Is it Brady Godwin Brown? Is it Brady Evans Brown? Is it Brady Gronkowski Brown? Like there's just so many combinations. So I tend to stay away and use those wide receivers more as like correlation plays. So I could see myself in this game saying, I'm either going to play Ronald Jones or I'm going to go with maybe Chris Godwin, who's had 90 plus yards or a touchdown in six of his last seven games. Like he was a bust at the beginning of the year for where you had to draft him and redraft. But right now he's cooking in DFS and then Antonio Brown uh, showed out last week. I don't really know what to do with Mike Evans. What's the kind of update on his injury? Yeah, it's looking really iffy. I'm not feeling super confident in his ability to perform this week. If you missed the play last week, he basically hyperextended his knee, which leads to a bone bruise inside the knee joint. Extremely painful to try to play through. Um, He did not practice Wednesday I'm sorry, the schedule's messed up here. I'm used to my usual days. He <laughs> didn't practice on Tuesday. This is a Saturday game, so things are off. Tuesday, Wednesday, didn't practice. Thursday, limited practice. So that doesn't tell us much. I, I mean, he's questionable officially. I don't know that he's going to play. And if he does, I could totally see a scenario where he's kind of in there for either like decoy purposes or red zone purposes. So to me, I'm not going to play Mike Evans this week. I just don't want to waste the, the, the salary on it. And also the roster spot, but I could be wrong and I could be burned by it. I'm just going to make that that call because on a, a six game slate or a three game slate, like you have to kind of have those flag plants basically because it's just, you know, the options aren't fantastic. So you can't go like off the ball too much, but I'm going to stick with my gut telling me that I don't trust Evans this week, but if he is out, like I really am intrigued with Antonio Brown and Chris Goblin for obvious reasons, but Antonio Brown, man, the last four games, he's caught 78% of his targets 
32 targets in that time span, four touchdowns in the last four games. And last week without uh, Mike Evans on the field for the vast majority of the game, two touchdowns over 100 yards. So I'm kind of interested in Antonio Brown, especially in tournaments, if Evans is out. Yeah, I think that's the right way to go. I think I think most people are going to try to fade Evans, and I think it's the right call. I mean, you could get cute and say, hey, I'll, I'll try this, but what's the upside? If he plays a limited number of steps, maybe like 15, 20 points on DK. I don't know if that's enough for me. Uh, but let's talk about the Washington side because Tampa Bay is known for their run defense, so it feels like, all right, well, we just X out the running backs. It's not a big deal. But they do give up the most running back per, uh, receptions in the league. So there's some value there. And I feel like people will immediately say, let's just go to J.D. McKissick. He's the pass-catching guy. Is there any reason to play Antonio Gibson? I mean, I think it's fine to have him in your player pool as far as if you're playing multiple lineups in a tournament. Now, for me, I'm not super excited about it. There's a couple of factors. One is he's still kind of recovering from the toe issue. But this Tampa run defense, man, they're just like insanely good. I mean, usually like I'm kind of I'm more prescribed to like the fade matchup type of thing and just bet on a guy's talent. But I mean, Tampa Bay allowing 79 yards per game. That is insane to running backs. Now you look at what they do. They allow a ton of running back receptions, and that fits J.D. McKissick so well, especially in a game script where you know they're going to be losing or presumably they will be. And 83 percent of his targets have come in games that the, the Washington football team is losing. So to me, again, I don't know that I'll play Antonio Gibson, maybe one lineup here or there, but I definitely am interested in J.D. McKissick as a bring back, especially if Alex Smith is under center. He's questionable with that calf issue, but assuming he plays, he played last week, we know what he does with J.D. McKissick and it's check the ball down over and over and over again. So on DK, he certainly could just wrap, you know, rack up targets and receptions and get you there just based off that alone. I don't love playing two running backs in the same game. So if you're playing Ronald Jones, usually I would say don't play J.D. McKissick, but he's essentially a wide receiver. And at 4,800 with those that PPR scoring, I think he's totally fine. I would want like another stud running back in there, like a, a Henry, Kamara, you know. But if you wanted to flex uh, McKissick or, you know, put him in your running back two slot, like I totally get that. But man, what happened to your boy Terry McLaurin? You got hurt, man. The high ankle sprain slowed him down. Uh, I know. Is uh, that painful? It was painful. I was happy to see him come out and play, though, on Sunday Night Football and play well against my horrific Eagles. So I'm always in for Team Terry. I'm not sure if I'll play him this week. His price is pretty intriguing at 6300 on DK, 7100 on FanDuel. It's, it's not expensive. But the thing that we saw last week was he was kind of used as just more of that like short area target guy, and it didn't really let him get that explosiveness downfield that we've seen in the past. Ankle issue, tough matchup. Eh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super excited about it this week. I hope you're proving me wrong, though. I love you, Terry. Cam-, Cam Sims is one of those cheapies that I feel like we've been talking about for like two months because he's getting the snaps. He's 100% of the snaps in back-to-back games. He's been 97% over the last month. So he's on the field. Uh, same thing with Logan Thomas. You know, he's, he's Mr. Routes run. He had the most of the tight end position, but... Sometimes it doesn't mean anything. So interested in those two as cheaper plays, but maybe they get the volume and maybe one of them falls into the end zone. Yeah, again, it depends on the the size of the tournaments that you play. I don't play in like the huge field tournaments where people are entering 150 or even like 20 lineups. That's just not my style of, of play. But if you are like certainly sprinkle these guys in in some game stack scenarios, I feel like for Logan Thomas, man, the if you're playing the Saturday slate, the, the tight end options are not good. It's either like you're either going to play Gronk or you're going to play Logan Thomas. So I just have concerns about roster percentage with these guys, especially in, in tournaments on the three game slate. Um, you know what you're getting with Logan Thomas, right? Like you're hoping that he kind of has one of those high upside target games and he just racks up receptions in a come from behind effort. But like you said, most of the year it's been largely inefficient. So I don't love him in this spot. I think he's fine. Uh, I certainly prefer Gronk though, if I'm going to play one of them. Yeah, Gronk. Gronk is, I think, a solid play on the Saturday slate. He's he's the top tight end, in my opinion. Uh, but let's go through a couple of quick plays, real, real quick, like correlation plays and stacks that we would play, and then we'll give our Vegas pick. So what's a, what's a play that you like? Yeah, I like that call, like you said, with Ronald Jones and the Tampa Bay defense. That correlation there uh, fits very well. This Bucks DST is a great value over on FanDuel. They're, they're priced down a little bit. They're up a little on DK. They're okay there. But the thing I like about them is they're averaging 3.2 sacks per game on the road. This game is taking place at Washington 
versus 2.8 at home. And we know we have Alex Smith with that calf issue. He's not really able to scramble and escape. So they could give him fits. And we saw even on Sunday Night Football this past week, like the Eagles sat Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, and they still got after him a bunch and were able to sack him a ton. So I think this this Tampa Bay defense could really just like overwhelm Alex Smith in this matchup. I think they're really, really intriguing with Ronald Jones. Yeah, I like that call. And then you mentioned earlier, if I had to stack, I'd do Brady and Godwin or Brady and, and Antonio Brown and bring it back with J.D. McKissick. I think that's the easiest route to go in this game. So give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I think the Bucks win, but nine and a half is a lot of points in a, a playoff game. So I will take Washington plus the points. I'm with you. Nine and a half points at home. I think Washington can cover in this one. All right, let's go to... Well, two teams that know each other quite well. It's Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are four and a half point home favorites. This game has a 43 and a half point over under. So not too exciting. And these two teams split their series. Both uh, the home teams won and the totals were super low bets. It was 39 and 29. So I, I feel like when I just look at this game from a DFS perspective, I'm like, oh, this is this could be super gross. And then I wanted to point out this stat. This is from your boy I saw online. Uh, why would you go offline once again? <laughs> I was just just sitting online. Just who's just who's my boy? Up. Was this you? Your boy? Jo- no, no, no. It was your boy John John Helmkamp. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, dude. He put up pointed out the stat. I thought it was a great stat. Since week ten, Seattle has allowed the fewest points per game in the league, which is crazy considering that we picked on them the entire first half of the year. So. Is this just going to be another defensive struggle? Like, are a lot of guys in this just like, all right, stay away? To be honest with you, yeah, I, th- I think for me, the way I look at it is it probably is. I mean, there's there's two things working against this as far as being a favorable DFS environment. The first is, like you said, Seattle's defense completely flipped the switch halfway through the year. Early in the year, it was like, you know, you don't need us to tell you, play everyone against Seattle. And now they're stopping their opponents. And granted, it's been a relatively easy schedule, but still, they're, they're putting up numbers. So the defense is better for Seattle. Jared Goff has a thumb issue. Cam Akers is still kind of recovering from his high ankle sprain to a degree. Cooper Cup was on COVID IR. This, you know, so there's like a lot of things that just have to go right for this to be a good environment. And then you look on the Seattle side, and when they basically stop letting Russ cook, they've been worse on offense. So, yeah, I feel like, to me, maybe you're, you're mini-correlating this with just kind of one player on each side, but I'm definitely not going full game stack in this one. I'm with you. My favorite play in this game is actually Chris Carson. On DraftKings, he's 5,900 uh, at home as four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think he's great, but if you look at his career, he's averaged 95 rushing yards per game against the Rams, which might shock people, but... He's a good player. He can fall in the end zone. I think he's kind of in that next tier. Like he, he obviously doesn't have the same ceiling as a Derrick Henry or Kamara, but I think he's a solid play, and I think he'll come a little bit lower in terms of roster percentage. So I, I like him in GPPs. Um, he's close to cash because you know he's going to get that guaranteed workload. But uh, Chris Carson, I think he's a solid play. But these wide receivers, can you confidently play Metcalf or Lockett at all? I mean, not with confidence. You can do it. Just close your eyes when you click the button and <laughs> say a prayer or something. But yeah, man, I mean, you look at what DK Metcalf has done against the Rams this year, and to be truthful, Jalen Ramsey has shut him down. Now, can DK Metcalf overcome that in, in a matchup here or there? Yeah, of course, he's DK Metcalf. But look at the trends that's happening with this offense. It's not great. Lockett, same kind of thing. It's like he's boomer bust against the Rams. In his last four against the Rams, He's gone, what, over 50 yards twice, and one of those times was 51 yards. So, like, I don't know. I don't really know how to break this down from a passing game. To me, you're stacking Russ with these guys just to be contrarian because on paper, it doesn't look like a great spot. Yeah, Russ, you know, he can always turn it on if he wants, but when we look at these other quarterbacks, including one in the next game, like, he's just further down in terms of an optimal play especially in this environment against a good Rams defense. So if it were me, I Chris Carson's the only one that I really want to look at. And then uh, Wilson and stacking with one of those wide receivers is the contrarian way. And then on the Rams side, if I'm playing Chris Carson, the easiest thing for me to do is just say, I'll, I'll correlate it with uh, Robert Woods on the other side. Seattle allowed the most wide receiver receptions in the NFL. So I think that's the, the cheap, easy way to get a piece of this game. You know, maybe Woods goes over 100 or something, but 
any plays on the Rams side? I mean, are you are you hungry like the wolf? Are you going for John Wolford, your boy? <laughs> Dude, he actually didn't look too bad last week. I mean, hey, he, he got him in the playoffs. Um, but we talked about it. Like he does have mobility. He does have rushing upside. Last week, I'm going to pull up his numbers real quick. He ran for 56 yards. Um, that's solid as a quarterback. Like that's really, really beneficial. Two for two, uh, 231. That's solid. I mean, did he get you in the end zone? No. And, and obviously that can't win you a tournament, but I do think if he starts and we don't know for sure yet, my inclination is that it is actually going to be Jared Goff under center. Sean McVay is doing weird things where he's like, I'm not telling anyone who's starting a quarterback for me until kickoff. But if you know, it depends on who it is. If it's John Wolford, I don't know that you can play the pass catchers. Like I don't, I don't know how you can have confidence in that. And then you look at um, with golf, the thumb issue to me is probably going to be okay, but he's going to have pain with gripping. Like, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. And that feels horrible to like come on a microphone and tell people that I don't know what to do. But I think that tells you how I feel about this game. Like to me, it's not appealing outside of the running backs. I have a little bit of interest in Cam Akers, just given the volume that he saw last week. I mean, you know, Daryl Henderson's still on IR with his ankle issue. Malcolm Brown, like completely phased out last week. And in a game where this Rams offense said, okay, we need to win this game to get into the playoffs. They turned to the rookie. They turned to Cam Akers, gave him 25 touches coming off of a high ankle sprain. Like, what is that? So with Cam Akers, he's cheap. 5,100 on DK, 6,100 on FanDuel is is silly. If he gets that workload, I mean, good things can happen, right? So I think in a tournament, Cam Akers to me is pretty intriguing. If you want to correlate him with the Rams DST on DraftKings, go for it. Like, so it's just weird depending on what site you play on. If you go on FanDuel, the Rams DST is 4,900. They're, they're the DST one on there and they're $2,000 cheaper on DraftKings. So I would say make the Rams DST one of your favorite plays of the week as a cash saver. Uh, I play them in cash and then in tournaments, if you want to stack them with acres, I think that's, that's awesome. I mean, there's just a massive difference in terms of uh, Russ. He gets sacked like it's his job. So any other last thoughts or do you want to give your Vegas pick? No, I think I'm with you. I think that's that's the take home from this one is just the Rams on DraftKings, their defense is, is too cheap not to play in cash, in my opinion. So the, I have them in my lineup right now. So I like that call. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams. Plus four and a half, you get past the field goal there. This is the third time these teams have played. Obviously, it's a divisional matchup. These teams know each other. I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, I wrote that up in uh, one of my articles. I just said like their implied total, 19.3, feels way too low considering uh what they can do if golf plays then i'm more excited about it but yeah give me the rams plus four and a half all right last game on the saturday slate is dude this is a fun a fun game uh indianapolis colts at the buffalo bills bills have a 29 and a half point implied total it's the highest of the weekend and this game has a 52 point over under so bets i mean how can we not play josh allen this weekend He's getting the lock button for me. If I'm playing the Saturday three-game slate, I'm just going to let everyone know. If you're playing against me in any tournaments, <laughs> he's getting the lock button. I mean, the matchup is just fantastic with the Colts. Everyone thinks of them as like this awesome defense, and early in the year, they were dominating. But recently, they're giving up 23 fantasy points per game over the last five weeks, not including Week 17 against your boy, Mike Lennon. We can throw that out. A 70% completion percentage. I mean, they are giving up a 7-0. to zero. They have no interceptions. 7-0 to zero as far as touchdowns to interception ratio. Josh Allen's playing on fire. We saw him dancing in practice today on Thursday. If you guys saw that video on Twitter. So confirmed Josh Allen for 320 and four touchdowns this week. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to think what these this Colts defense, like the way that people think about them, but this is a smash spot at home for the Bills. So... There's lots of different ways that you can go about this. We don't really know uh, Cole Beasley's situation. We do know that he just put out a, a track, like like uh, some new beats out there. So if you get a chance to listen to those. Best rapper in the uh, NFL, man. Dude, he's actually pretty good. But like, why do we not know anything about his knee? He's <laughs> too busy in the studio, man. Um, he didn't practice. Again, we'll go off script here on the, the days. Tuesday or Wednesday. On Thursday, he got back in a limited practice. There was only one video of him out there, and he was doing like a dynamic warm up. I will say he kind of like moved like he was pretty comfortable, but we didn't see him doing any cutting, running, sprinting. So it's hard to really say we're going to get out of Cole Beasley. Um, truly, I think he's like 50 50 as far as if he'll play. But uh, to me, if he's in, 
I'm going to approach this situ- situation as more of a fade, in my opinion, just given the injury risk. Um, but I mean, if we turn the conversation from Cole Beasley over to these other two guys, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, does Diggs get the lock button with Josh Allen for you this weekend? Yeah, I just, I think he's just so solid. 97 receiving yards a game. And when you look at the wide receivers this week, you're like, I'm not actually having to pay up. Like Diggs is the the wide receiver one, but on DK 7,700 on FanDuel 8,700, like that's not crazy considering he's got the highest floor of anybody uh, this week. And I know John Brown is someone that you like a ton. Would you say for someone who's $3,000 cheaper, like excellent GPP play? Yeah, I think so. And I think you can play them both together, Diggs and John Brown. We saw a bunch of weeks early in the season where Josh Allen just went bananas and Diggs got his, John Brown got his too. And and even if Colby's he's active. Like I, I think that will help at least bring his roster percentage down a little bit. But that shouldn't scare you from a guy who early in the season was kind of considered the wide receiver two on this team. Obviously, he missed time with that high ankle sprain. But since he's been back, man, last week that one game he played a ton in a game that they didn't even need to win. So they kind of gave him like a dress rehearsal, so to speak. Looked good, was effective. So I have full confidence, John Brown. And the thing that I love most about John Brown this week, he runs those deep routes, which we like as far as air yards, targets down the field. Indianapolis is allowing a 123 passer rating on deep balls this year, dead last in the league. So love that for uh, for John Brown. Yeah, pay attention with the Bills. We mentioned before that they run a ton of three wide, like most in the league. But whoever's in the slot, let's say Beasley's not in, or you know Isaiah McKenzie or whoever. Like the Colts have given up some massive games in the slot recently. Juju had a big game against them. Uh, I looked back at the game logs. It's like every single slot receiver has gotten at least seven targets over the last six games. So they're just like getting decimated. So I love the Bills passing attack. I think that's where you start in cash. Let's just say Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and then John Brown if you want to go there as well. I think that's just the easiest way to go. On the Colts side, do you think just a lot of people are going to go Allen, Diggs, and Taylor? Is that just way too chalky of a build? Yeah, that's going to be the chalkiest build. I mean, if you're playing on a three-game slate, that's going to push... I mean, each of those guys, at least 20% minimum, I mean, probably honestly, even like 30% plus minimum for each of those guys. So I think that is probably the chalkiest build. So if you're going with an Allen stack this weekend, just be sure that you kind of consider if you are going to play Taylor, which is fine to do. We'll talk about the matchup and and the play in a second. But if you are going to do that, just make sure with your other ancillary pieces, your tight end, you know, your other wide receivers, your flex, those kind of things that you're getting a little bit different elsewhere, because I do think that's going to be the chalkiest game stack on the weekend. Yeah, on the, you know, on the Saturday slate, Taylor's going to by far be the most popular. It's going to be 50, 50% maybe. So um, is there any reason to to be underweight or to fade him this week? It's tough to do, especially if what we've seen over the last month of the season, man. He's just been on fire. They're giving him the ball a ton. Jordan Wilkins has gotten phased out. He hasn't had a touch since week 14. Like, it, it's very clear that it's Jonathan Taylor's backfield with a little bit of Naheem Hines mixed in. So... I mean, if I'm playing cash game this weekend, he's in. I'm not worried about that. But I do think that in a tournament, his price tag could get uh, a little bit pricey as far as his roster percentage. So it's hard to to fade a guy like that. It does get scary. But I think for a guy like you said, who could you know get 40 plus percent up to 50, it, it could get a little bit dicey. But I also think it's possible to just pivot to his teammate, right? Like what happens if this game goes in a scenario where Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and et cetera, just go absolutely nuclear in their first home game in literally forever in front of at least partial Bills Mafia. Like, what if that happens and all of a sudden Taylor's off the field and it's Naheem Hines catching passes? You can tell yourself that story. So I think at a tournament, Naheem Hines is kind of interesting, especially because all his targets come when they're trailing. So I do think he is in play as a pivot off of Taylor this week in tournaments. Yeah, the Colts side is is great for tournaments because apart from Taylor, everybody else is cheap. You know, Rivers is cheap, Hines is cheap, even the wide receivers are cheap. And it's kind of hard to to play somebody like Hilton uh, if if you think Tre'Davious White's going to be on him a ton. Uh, Hilton doesn't play like all the snaps either, so sometimes that scares me off a little bit. Uh, but I if I wanted some leverage off of Jonathan Taylor and off of Josh Allen, like if you really wanted some leverage, you'd go Rivers and then say I'm going to pair him with Hines and maybe another wide receiver uh, because I think if they're behind, if if Buffalo gets there and let's say it's the Zach Moss touchdown or, 
you know, it's a Dawson Knox touchdown or, or Allen, you know, they don't get there. That that's digs. Allen stack doesn't get there. Then I think rivers and company can play catch up. And I think he can will his way to, to 300. So I love the Colts side as one of my favorite contrarian stacks of the week. And I just need to mention Zach Pascal is one of my favorite cheap dart throws of the week. It's 3,700, uh, he lines up in the slot and Teron Johnson, the bills cornerback is the second most targeted slot cornerback in the league. So I just like him as a really, really cheap play. If they're behind, I think he could see some volume. So anything else you like on the Colts side? No, I think we hit most of it from the Colts side. I will say too, like if you want to save some salary and just like totally punt the position and just say like, I don't care what happens this week. I'll take a zero. That's in the realm of possibility because you know, the other spots in your lineup are so strong in cash. Trey Burton, you know, 2,800 on DK, 4,700 on FanDuel. The Bills are allowing the most head receptions in the league. So if you want to kind of correlate that with any river stack, I think that's in play. But again, it's 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 a pretty thin play. So um, it's tough. We only have six games on the slate. Yeah, no, I love that Trey Boo Boo call. Um, and then last thing I'll say, Bills DST. Um, you know, they're heavy favorites at home. Phillip Rivers can self-implode. So interested? Yeah, man, I actually am pretty interested in the Bills defense because they've been playing a lot better as of late the other thing is you look at philip rivers qbr so his his quarterback rating over the course of his career it literally drops like five points every month that passes so he starts out hot in september by the time it gets december and january when it's cold it plummets so i do think we can see a really bad p river game and come out here with maybe a sneaky like pick six or a fumble or something from this uh this defense and also just to point out as well along those lines Philip Rivers is playing with a, a ruptured ligament in his toe, and they're missing two offensive linemen this week. So I think that Bill's defense is going to have a ton of leverage off the Bucks if you're playing in a tournament. Yeah, you don't you don't want to get in a bad P River. That's, that's oh, not you, a, that's not a place to go. No, no, no. You don't want that. Yeah, P River, uh, nickname of the year on the Footy Awards. So kind of a kind of a big deal that we're talking about this guy. I mean, he's he's a famous, dude. Uh, give me your Vegas pick. <laughs> yeah man i'll take buffalo i'll go with bill's mafia here i'll be honest there i love josh allen i've gotten to play him in my two main leagues this year part of me is a little bit scared of playoff josh allen just because I, I i remember last year and i remember oh, the lateral <laughs> i just <laughs> remember so like funny. They, they had that game locked up and and somehow they lost to the texans so uh, I'm a little scared. I will take the over though. I think this game uh, can go back and forth. So uh, it's it's definitely one of my favorite games of the slate. But next one we're going to talk about NFC battle on Sunday. So if you're just playing the Sunday slate, uh, this is uh, kind of where we'll talk about those. The, it's the Bears who, you know, most people would say the Bears are probably, Bears in Washington are the two worst teams in the playoffs. They're at New Orleans New Orleans has a 28, 28 and a half point team implied total. They're nine and a half point home favorites in this game has a 47 and a half point total. But if you look back at the game logs, these teams actually know each other quite well. Uh, they played in week nine and New Orleans won 26, 23 in overtime. Uh, but that was Nick Foles era. And then last year they played each other as well. And New Orleans won by 11. So they know each other, even though they're not in the same division, but there's some plays in here I know that you are pretty bullish on. So I'll, I'll let you take that. Yeah, dude. How can you not be excited about the Saints in this matchup? And it sounds like kind of silly because you're like, yeah, of course it's the Saints. But then you look at the matchup and, and all year we told people like the Bears are a, a, such a tough matchup for opposing offenses. Not true. Since they have been battling injuries in the secondary, they have just imploded. Since week 12, that's the bye week for Chicago coming out of the bye. They are 25th in yards per attempt allowed to quarterbacks, 31st in pass rating allowed, 31st in touchdown rate at 8.1. That is insanely good as far as the, the quarterback. We get Drew Brees at 5,700 on DraftKings. To me, is just an absolute standout GPP play, and you can stack them, of course, with your guys, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, whoever you want. I just feel like it's a great spot to like buy low on the Saints. Like They've been such a good offense. Drew Brees, obviously all the cracked ribs and that sort of thing an article today from Nick Underhill, uh, one of the beat reporters for the Saints, and he was talking about the game planning for the Saints in the re- most recent weeks and how in the last couple weeks, they're finally pushing the ball downfield because Drew Brees 
can actually tolerate it because of his ribs and he can actually unload it a little bit. So I do think we see an uptick in passing production for Drew Brees. Uh, I love Michael Thomas and GPPs. That stack to me is really, really intriguing. I have full confidence in that ankle coming off of that three-week kind of rest period on IR. So to me, that is is my favorite stack in tournaments this weekend. Yeah, and it's the price, man. I've It's rare to see the Saints this cheap. You know, Kamara's up there. He's the, the running back too in terms of salary. But Michael Thomas at 6,400 feels like a joke. Drew Brees, you mentioned it, 5,700. Like, if I'm going to play those guys and stack them together, that's, that's you know, none, that's 12,000 of your salary right there. So that's that's nothing. And then Jared Cook, I think, is a great play as, as well. Like, a lot of people are going to play Mark Andrews, but Jared Cook at 4,600, I mean, Chicago's allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends. I think he's a solid play. He's always a threat for, for a touchdown. So, yeah, the Saints, it feels like they're going to roll – Alvin Kamara, when they played earlier this year, had 163 total yards. He had 13 targets in that game. So, yeah, it's it's just with the Saints sides, it's saying, are you going to go all in? Are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to go Breeze, Kamara, Thomas, or Breeze, Kamara, Cook? Like, or what, that combination, if you're going to go there, um, I think it's a great route. But I've also seen Breeze in these games just say, you know what, I'm going to slow things down. We're just going to... Uh, win just by spreading the ball around. That's the hardest part about Breeze, I would say, in DFS is like, is he going to hyper target Michael Thomas, who's coming back from injury, or is he going to just pepper him with targets? So any worry about his injury? No, man, I think he's good to go. The reports I was reading um, basically kind of showed like he could have played if he wanted to and if, if the team wanted him to, but they knew at the time we're going to the playoffs. We have a pretty decent seed already locked up. So, and, and the kind of the one seed was starting to get out of reach. They just let, let him rest for three weeks, get him right, get him healthy. And even before going on by, remember he had that streak where he was like over a hundred yards, two or three games in a row, then had like another 85 yard game. Like he was still Michael Thomas. He just wasn't finding the end zone. So to me, this is one of those spots where I could see the saints winning Michael Thomas having a great week. And then next week we're talking about his price being like up. It's like 7,500 on DraftKings. Like, I think this is a fantastic spot to just get a super, super cheap exposure to Michael Thomas in tournaments. So if you're going Breeze and Thomas, who are you going to correlate on the other side? I mean, the two big options are obviously David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. Would you play either of those in cash this week? Man, it's tough to. Like David Montgomery, he's getting so much volume. But in a game script where we're projecting them to be from behind, what you're hoping for Montgomery isn't rushing production. It's just receptions. And last week he racked up, I think it was like, what, nine or ten? Like it was, it was kind of crazy. So you're hoping for a game script similar to that. The Vegas total says that should happen. New Orleans is nine and a half point favorites. So I think they're fine. Um, it's just tough because I could easily see a situation where we talked about it for a while. Mitch Trubisky, like he could implode any moment and you don't know when that's going to happen. So I don't think I'm going to play any of the bears in cash. I do think though, if you are going with a breeze stack in tournaments, it makes sense to run it back with one of those guys. I'll mention Mitch, our boy, Probably his last game as a Bears starting quarterback. So pour one out for for our boy. Dude, Mitch. I don't know about that. There was reports that like he's played well enough to earn another shot, which would just be hilarious in my opinion. <laughs> so Trubisky's fifty three hundred on DraftKings, which is four hundred dollars cheaper than Breeze. It's only sixty nine hundred on Fanduel. And if you look back when these teams played last year, he had fifty four passing attempts. So. If you could tell me bets that I'm getting 50 over 50 pass attempts from Mitchell Trubisky, he's a GPP play. He could totally sink your lineup. I'm not saying that it's a great play, and I have a great record of recommending really crappy quarterbacks. Let's be honest <laughs> on this podcast. But Never forget Mike Lennon. Yes, he won't forget either that he was on a podcast one time that people talked about him. And you know what? Even his family thinks he's not safe for work. His family turns the other way when they see him walk down the hall his own kids <laughs> mike that poor guy I hope, your, oh. I hope your i hope your kids uh love you man hope, hope you're a great father uh but mitchell <laughs> trubisky is cheap enough and if he gets anything done on the ground i think he's a gpp play that's just really easy to stack it's trubisky it's alan robinson and if you want to get crazy with jimmy grandpa i get it he's uh he's actually 200 dollars cheaper than cole Komet on fanduel so uh, I don't think that's a crazy play. So uh, any other ways that you would stack this game? 
I don't think so. I think you hit on it there. I think if you want to go with, we talked about Breeze a lot, but if you want to just kind of play Kamara as a one-off, I think it's totally fine to stack him with the Saints D and then bring it back with one of the pass catchers on the, on the Chicago side. I think that's fine. Obviously, we talked about this you know, Vegas spread, so usually those are correct. They're, they're so good at predicting games. So presumably, I think this is a game where we're going to have to see, like you said, a ton of volume from Chicago throwing the ball, so I think that makes a ton of sense. All right, so for me... Uh, 47 and a half doesn't feel like it's enough. Um, if, if I think Chicago is going to be battling back Saints defense is good, but I will take the over. What about you? I talked about it earlier being like, you know what? Nine and a half is a lot to lay for a team that's favored, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with the saints, man. I just feel like there's, we haven't seen the best version of the saints in forever. And I feel like we're going to see it this week against the bears. So give me the saints minus nine and a half. And I know this isn't perfect, but when I saw when I saw that earlier in the year, it was like Saints won by three. Saints won by three in overtime against like that scared me off a little bit. But no, I agree. If there's any team that you could feel confident about at home in the playoffs, it's not enough points against Mitch Trubisky. All right, we got two more games, and this next one we're actually going to probably fly through because uh, it could be rough. It's Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, these two teams know each other super well. They played last week, which is kind of upsetting if i'm honest like when you look at the playoff bracket you're like man i feel like we've <laughs> we see this these matchups all the time but uh steelers are four and a half point home favorites this game is a 46 and a half point total so bets knowing that kevin stefanski the browns head coach is going to be out due to covid it's and 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 you know that it's hard when you're talking about coaching, like how much does that affect the game? How much does that affect us in terms of players? We saw the Lions, who are not the same team as the Browns, but the Lions were throttled when they did not have their coaches at all. So how is that going to affect the outcome of the game, knowing that Kevin Stefanski, who's an offensive guru, is not going to be on the field? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's massive, actually, just from the fact that he's in the running for coach of the year. Like his play calling this year has just been so good and he has unlocked Baker Mayfield when everyone wrote him off. So he came in and he kind of of turned everything around. He's made it one of the most efficient offenses in football. And without him on the sideline, say what you want about coaching and all that stuff. Like, I think it matters. So to me, I'm approaching this game as I feel like the Steelers, yeah, maybe it's closer than I think, but I think the Steelers do win this one. And kind of the defense like overwhelms the offense in this matchup because you're looking at the situation with Kevin Stefanski, obviously, but they're also going to miss another starting offensive lineman because of the COVID issues. So it's one of the highest blitzing teams in the NFL with the Steelers. You know, the offensive line is banged up or injured in, in some fashion with COVID and all that sort of stuff on the Browns. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to see Baker having a great game this week for the third time against a team that he knows very well. Yeah, let's let's throw out week 17, the Mason Rudolph game. And if you go back to week six, Pittsburgh dominated the Browns 38 to seven Nick Chubb wasn't in that game. And I love Nick Chubb. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the league, but it's really hard to play him. And if you look at the Browns, they're the only team in the playoffs this year with a negative point differential. That's telling you something. It's telling you that they want some close games and I just don't think they can hang with the Steelers. So Steelers defense is a great way. If you want to get different in a tournament and you want to pay up, like I was making a couple of tournament lineups earlier today and I was like, wow, they're not that expensive when you look at it. I mean, there's some great defenses this week, but they're not crazy expensive like they've been before. Um, so I love Steelers defense, and I'm just going to throw this out there. It could be in my face, but James Conner, who is almost retired bets, that's how much he's almost out of the league and hasn't been I good. forgot he was on their team. <laughs> Dude, if you check, he's actually owned the Browns uh, over the last couple of years, like you know, some awesome games. I'm talking like 140 yards, two touchdowns. So at 5,000, that's a, that's a correlation I could end up doing Steelers defense, James Connor, and just be done with this game. But what other plays would you be interested in? Yeah, I think that's a good call. No one, no one's going to play James Connor, like for sure. For sure. No one's going to play James Connor, except for Kyle. Um, but I think one of my favorite targets in this game is Chase Claypool. He has been a guy that's kind of been forgotten recently Everyone's all about Deontay because of the targets, and I get that, but he's getting those short area targets where the explosiveness isn't really there as much. And we saw this kind of offense go through a little bit of a, a, a change 
in the last couple of weeks, not last week with Mason Rudolph, but previously with Ben Roethlisberger under center, where they said, okay, we have to push the ball down the field, and we saw it actually work. I also saw a report that the team was maybe kind of limiting Chase Claypool's snaps later in the year to kind of like help him get through that rookie wall, which to me sounds sort of silly, but I feel like this is a game where they maybe just unleash Chase Claypool down the field, and Cleveland is weakest in the secondary, so I think... Claypool is really intriguing. If you want to stack him with Big Ben, you can. You don't necessarily have to. I think he's kind of more of a one-off play for me this week, but super cheap, man. 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,100 on FanDuel. Love him in GPPs. I'm with you, man. I, I wrote him up. When I look at the three wide receivers of the Pittsburgh side, it's Deontay, Juju, Chase, and they're like that in terms of salary. Like There's kind of a steps down. So uh, He's the cheapest, and he's the one that could get the big play, which is what you want. Mentioned Nick Chubb, he's a machine. Uh, he has a rush, rushing touchdown in six straight games, but I just don't feel a ton of confidence. But did you see how cheap Kareem Hunt is on DK? 4,800 feels like he's kind of like a throwaway player. Any interest in Hunt if this team's going to be behind? Yeah, I can't say I really blame our friends over at DraftKings. I mean, he hasn't done much as of late, but at the same time, he's Kareem Hunt. You know a good game is coming soon. So I do think, too, you know, if we're projecting maybe the Steelers to kind of overwhelm Cleveland a little bit more and maybe kind of get out to a lead, then you could talk yourself into a scenario where they have to play catch up and it's more Kareem Hunt catching passes out of the backfield than it is Nick Chubb. So I do think that price, especially on DraftKings, like you said, uh, 4800 is just, it's insanely cheap for a guy that's as talented as Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he's he's more of a, a, a deep play. Uh, man, the wide receivers, like I just can't get super excited. I just, with Baker Mayfield, I don't trust him on the road against... Uh, an elite pass rush. So with Landry and Higgins, they're fine in tournaments. I just don't know if you can trust them too much. Maybe you say Landry's going to get, you know, eight, nine targets and he'll, he'll make do there. Maybe he gets the end zone. I think that's fine. But overall, this game is not one that I'm super excited about, uh, just especially with a lower total. So uh, give me your Vegas pick. I'm going to take the under in this one. What is it? It's 46 and a half. That kind of feels high for a game the third time these teams are playing. So I will take the under. I will as well. I I mean, I just can't see Cleveland get to 21. I mean, that's their implied total. I just can't see that happening on the road uh, against the Steelers without their head coach, which, you know, that's it's massive. So I will I will agree with you. All right, let's talk about the game that everyone cares about by far uh, the highest total of the weekend. Uh, these teams know each other super well. It's the Baltimore Ravens at Tennessee Titans. Baltimore is three and a half point road favorites, uh, which is surprising considering Titans are division winners. This game is a 54 and a half point total, but the Ravens are rolling. They're on a five game winning streak. They're averaging 37 points per game bets, and they're allowing the fewest points per game during that streak, uh, just under 19. So, are the Ravens going to roll? I think they could in this one. And, you know, it's kind of just the fact that you see the trend. Like, obviously, Tennessee's offense is awesome. And there's a lot of plays that we like this week on that side of the ball. Clearly, we talk about them every week. But their defense, this is the worst defense in the playoffs, Tennessee's defense. So the Ravens, I think, could come out and, you know, their team implied total is 29. I think they can get over that. They can put up 30 plus in this matchup because we know. Our boy, Ryan Tannehill, the overs just print money. I mean, it is insane, the overs with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. So I like the over in this matchup. I think Baltimore is a fantastic, just like kind of full team onslaught stack this week with Lamar and a pass catcher, maybe even J.K. Dobbins. Like there's a ton to like about Baltimore this week. Love, 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 love this game. I mentioned that these teams know each other well. Remember last year, the Titans shocked the world uh, when they beat Lamar the MVP Lamar on the road. And then they, these two teams played each other in week 11 and the Titans won 30 to 24. So I feel like, you know, at home, the Titans aren't getting a ton of credit, but yeah, the Ravens are rolling and JK Dobbins is an, an awesome play. I know you tweeted this out earlier, but on FanDuel, are they just trying to give you money bets? I think they are. And it's so kind of them. Like the holidays are over, but they're just still giving this time of year. It's it's just so kind. Yeah, man. I, the price is silly. Like for a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who we know doesn't catch a ton of passes, I don't really ever play him on DK. I only play him on Fanduel mostly. 
He's $6,800 over there. He's 6,600 on DraftKings, basically the same price. So yeah, it's silly to me. He's, he's a cash game lock this week. We talked about Tennessee's defense, like 26th against running backs. They're 23rd in rush defense over the last three weeks, 5.6 yards per carry in that time span. And JK Dobbins just finds the end zone every week, seven games in a row. Yeah. And on FanDuel, you care a lot about the touchdown. So to me, love JK Dobbins this week. He's a cash game lock. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of silly where his salary is at compared to Derrick Henry in the same game, which is over ten thousand. Um, obviously, Henry has much more upside, but I, I think Dobbins as a cash game play is one of the easier ones to project this week. With Lamar Jackson, you know, this on this slate, it's probably Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen that have the highest upside. You know, Russ maybe could in a different matchup, but it's Lamar, it's Allen. Uh, thing about Lamar though is he just self-implodes sometimes I looked this up he's lost 12 games in his career which you know he's got a crazy winning percentage remember he started off his career uh, when he took over for Flacco and it was just awesome but in his 12 losses in his career he's averaging 122 passing yards only 41 rushing yards and he only has 14 total TDs in those 12 games like that's less than 15 points on DraftKings and Fan. Like, that's not going to help us out at all. So if you think that Tennessee is going to win this game, then Lamar Jackson's probably not one of the plays that I want to do because I think Josh Allen just has a way higher floor and probably a similar ceiling. But um, he's been awesome since they've been on this winning streak. So if you want to, you know, count on playoff Lamar, on on Lamar returning to kind of the same form he had last year, then, then maybe that's where you want to go. Um, I think... He's a great play this week, but Josh Allen's someone I like just a little bit more. Do you feel the same? I do. Yeah. To me, kind of, if I'm going to rank these guys, it's it's Lamar at number two, but I could totally see a scenario where he outscores Josh Allen for sure, especially because of the rushing, right? Since he came off COVID IR, remember that one game against Dallas on like that Wednesday or Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday night football.com that the rushing was like a question because they're like, oh, is he in shape or what's his conditioning? Came out and like smashed for like 120 yards on the ground. Ever since then, he's just been running the ball like a madman and he's kind of back to what he did last year. So I do think there's a scenario that exists where he reaches the ceiling and outperforms Josh Allen. But to me, I prefer Allen and Cash. I think Jackson is a better tournament play. Maybe he has leverage off of Allen. You know, the thing we always worry about with Jackson is does he have enough volume to support Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, the the Mark brothers, Marquise and Mark. Um, of course, they were they were born uh, to play together. I guess they played together in college, right? At Oklahoma, they're buddies. That's right. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that actually. Best best buds. Uh, so do you have a a lean? I mean, Andrews is obviously the top tight end on this slate. Uh, but any lean of, of how you'd play them? It's kind of tricky. You know, Marquise Brown's a guy that I feel like as soon as you start to fade him, he says, watch this and puts up 100 and a touchdown. And then as soon as you trust him, he's gone. But we talked about this Tennessee defense, man. I really think this is a game where you can play both of them. And maybe if you're playing multiple lineups, you kind of you do a Lamar and you do a a Marquise Brown stack and then you do a Lamar and you do a Mark Andrews stack because someone is going to pop off in this game with how bad Tennessee's secondary is. I just wish I could kind of predict with a crystal ball who it's going to be. I lean towards Mark Andrews, just given the touchdown upside because Tennessee, man, no one has been targeted more in the end zone than Tennessee's defense in the last, uh, what is this, four weeks since week 14. So to me, I like Mark Andrews just a little bit more. I'll have some exposure to Marquise Brown, though, for sure. I think they're both great plays. Yeah, if you look look at Hollywood Brown's last two games against Tennessee, in the playoffs last year, he went off when they were trying to come back uh, from behind. And then earlier this year, he goosed against them. So, uh, I don't really know what to tell you with him. I think he's a cheap coin. <laughs> it's, it, it, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but let's talk about the Tennessee tie because do you feel like we've talked about the Titans more than any other team this year? On this podcast? We'd have to go back and look, but honestly, I, I feel like we have, and it's probably just because every Ryan Tannehill game is over 50 points. Every single one. Yeah. I feel like it's Titans and Man, we snuck in some some Broncos games and you know other ones that that the Raiders, hitting. yeah those those teams kept hitting over and with Tannehill on DraftKings he's just sixty six hundred but I always worry can I play Tannehill and Henry together? I feel like the game script wise people usually say well they're going to run the ball but if you look at the game logs like there's games where both went off including last week like Henry went off Tannehill had three total touchdowns so would you play both? 
Uh, or is it just like, go with the big dog, it's snowing? Dude, well, actually, we got to talk about this. We haven't had snow this week at all. Are you kidding me? I know. I know. So I don't want to say this, but I'm kind of, I mean, if you if you look at the snow model, like I feel like you kind of have to fade Derrick Henry this week. I don't know. But in all seriousness, like you should play, if you're going to play one of these guys, you should play them together. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, the correlation there is there. And it's because Derrick Henry, when he has his smash games, the defense has to respect the run so much that Ryan Tannehill just has freaking layups down the field. Like, did you see that bomb to AJ Brown this past weekend? What are you doing, Houston, in the secondary? Like, just let him run free because they had to stop Derrick Henry. And it doesn't make sense. Like, he doesn't pass it, Derrick Henry. It doesn't make sense that this is this is what's happening. But this offense is just so good and so efficient. So, yes, Ryan Tannehill correlates very well with Derrick Henry. And then you can also you know add on top of that a pass catcher. How are you handling Henry this week? Obviously, I'm biased towards the model. Yeah, I mean, I wrote up a little bit about this, but last year in the playoffs, he ran for 195 and he threw a touchdown against these Ravens. We obviously can't project that this year. I will likely be underweight on him. It's it's terrifying to completely fade him. I mean, it's just, you can't do it. But with Derrick Henry, I feel like this is one of those games where I look at Vegas and I look what's going on and I feel like with his salary, I don't see 35 points this week. Now, we only have six games, so we're not... I mean, 35 points isn't a must this week. Uh, if he got 25 points, you'd be happy. But I don't know if he'd win you a week this week. So I will probably be a little bit underweight on Derrick Henry. I just like the pass catchers on the Titans a little bit more, including my favorite wide receiver play this week, Corey Davis. Corey Davis bets... Um, must have hated somebody at DraftKings because he is $4,800 on DraftKings, which is uh, a crime. Uh, and if you look back at his game logs, his best games actually came when Tennessee lost. Like when they were negative game scripts, it's actually when Corey Davis was doing super well. So I think he's one of my favorite GPP plays and he's stupid cheap. Uh, I Do you feel like people will play AJ Brown more or Corey Davis? I feel like, I mean, it depends on your competition. If you're playing against some pretty sharp people, like pe- people know Corey Davis has been essentially just as good from, as A.J. Brown as far as his overall targets and volume of, of yards, that kind of thing this year. But the easy kind of answer to that is like most people will probably look at maybe some game logs with A.J. Brown and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that huge bomb against Houston last week. Like this dude's a stud. I'm going to play him. Meanwhile, Corey Davis is like half the price and he has been just as good. Like had 11 targets last week and only only caught five balls. So there is definitely some room for improvement, obviously, there. And we tend to see that time to time, like week to week. You see a huge spike week in targets. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But then the next week, you kind of see maybe the targets come down a little bit, but the efficiency comes back up. And so it kind of balances out. So I do think Corey Davis is just a standout play with how cheap he is, especially on DraftKings. Yeah, I think he's great in tournaments. I mean, if you want to save something and you want to bet on the volume. Like I could see eight plus targets easy uh, for cash, but yeah, AJ Brown, we can't say any negative words about AJ Brown. Like he's just awesome. He's a big play waiting to happen. So if you're using that Tennessee side, pretty easy to stack. And then last guy will mention your boy, Janu. Uh, you could go there this week. It's not crazy. Uh, 3,200 on DraftKings. So any interest in Janu? It's tough. You know, like it, it seems to be one of those things where like when one of the wide receivers pops, John who doesn't and then vice versa. So like you look at his game logs like last week, he only had two targets. Meanwhile, AJ Brown dominated. And then we just said Corey Davis had 11 targets. So like you need to be mindful and kind of think about that. If you're playing in a tournament and you want the optimal kind of upside, it's not going to come with Tannehill, Derrick Henry, you know, a wider, you can't go full onslaught. You kind of have to be mindful and say like, what if this week it's just Ryan Tannehill and it's just John Smith, it doesn't happen with the wide receivers. So a word of caution for that. But to me, meh, I don't know. I'm only planning if I play Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just think this is the game with Tennessee's defense being so bad. You mentioned it like worst on the slate. They're 29th in DVOA, 30th in past DVOA. Um, we're probably going to see the overbets. And I know that's, I don't even have to ask you. I know that Ryan Tannehill is playing. You're going with the over, but just to put you on the spot, if you're going on the actual spread three and a half points, which, what would you lean? 
This is tough. That that half point is really throwing me off. I'll I'll go ahead and take Tennessee just plus the three and a half because you're getting the field goal there. So I will take Tennessee plus the points, but I do think the the Ravens win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like they it's a spot on line. Like it it, it makes yeah. sense. So yeah, I'm gonna go Tennessee plus three and a half. Just them being at home, and I don't fully trust Lamar yet. I just he's awesome, but I I also can see this team's just not built to come back. You know, the Ravens, we've seen that. Like, when they get behind, uh, it's trouble. And so, if that happens at all, then uh, I like the Titans. All right, let's just go through a couple of quick plays here, Bets. If people need a recap of some cash plays we like, and then just a couple of quick dart throws, we'll end the show talking about those. So, give me your favorite cash plays. Yeah, I don't want to take the low-hanging fruit here, but I feel like someone has to say it. It's Josh Allen at quarterback. To me, he's a standout play. And then I love him with Stephon Diggs in a, in a cash format. Yeah, for me, J.K. Dobbins is the running back that I will probably have in every single cash game lineup. I just think, you know, he's just way too safe for where his price is. Um, yeah, Stephon Diggs is, is really easy. And then I'll mention, I think you can play Chris Carson Chris Carson, sorry, in cash. I just think that he's going to get the volume and um, I just, I think the Seahawks are going to win that one. So uh, give me a couple dart throws. Yeah, for sure. I actually like JD McKissick quite a bit this week as a bring back. If you're playing some bucks stacks, we talked about it just with them. They were trailing a lot of pass receptions if Alex Smith is under center. So I will take him as my dart throw this week. Um, just so cheap. And, and you know, obviously on the PPR format and DraftKings, that fits his uh, skill set very well. I'm going to go with Zach Pascal. I just know that a lot of people will be using that stack and using that Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. And so if you want to run it back with somebody, it's Zach Pascal or even Trey Boo Boo on the other side. I, I get that it's not exciting. It's super cheap. But if you want to save some quiche, uh, I don't mind going the route of Mr. Trey Boo Boo. So bets, any last thoughts for the people as we go into playoff time? I think my last word of advice, like we talked about at the start of the show, is just kind of be mindful. Use late swap to your advantage on Sunday if you're playing the six-game slate. Use the late games if you're playing the three-game slate. Good luck in wildcard weekend. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see you guys on DraftKings. We've got two matchups. Can't wait to win your money. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.